You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to lock and load. Time to get control. Time to search for soul. And start again. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. A lot of combine tweets coming out on the Locked On Bucks and Bucks Nation Twitter accounts, so make sure that you are following those. Day two is in the books, and I am not driving this time. We waited until I got home, but David, it was a real busy day, man. We we kicked off the morning with with John Gruden and Sean McVay, and you know from there it was it was go go go. We were going around shaking hands with people, uh, had a conversation with Gruden, had a conversation with Chris Sims. Later in the day, you know, you had a conversation with Ian Rappaport. It was just a, it was a wild wild day today. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. The only uh, the only regret I have so far is, uh, as, as you know, the two steps away I was from having Bucky Brooks, hopefully for for a quick <laughs> five minute conversation before, and then right as I was about to make my move, uh, I can't remember which team it was anymore, but somebody's team reporter swooped in and it was the Eagles. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was, so it was somebody, but Eagles and, and grabbed him up. And uh, after that, I was just not able to to find a spot to get in with him. So hopefully, I mean, we we still got a couple of days, a few days, or whatever. Hopefully, uh, once they get out of the workouts every day, we can we can find time to catch up with them. Uh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Man, great, great morning. Yeah, well, and of course, you you have it up on BucksNation.com, your conversation with Ian Rappaport. I was just a uh, innocent bystander, you know, <laughs> listening to, to Ian talk. And then, uh, of course, you were able to ask Ron Rivera what he thought Bruce Arians was going to bring to the, you know, the NFC South, which is already the most competitive division in football. So, of course, those stories are up on BucksNation.com. And and David, we got the opportunity to see some running backs and see some offensive linemen and, and have some interaction with them. Uh, I mean, who who kind of stood out to you as as guys that you're kind of pulling for now that you know you may have you know not really known about or or after hearing them speak, you just really like what they what they're about. Uh, Dalton Reisner, um, yes, is yeah, like that dude. As soon as so, Dalton and Jonah Williams were talking at the same time. So, and, and you know this. So for everybody else, so what we did is I put my recorder on Dalton Reisner's podium, and I went to Jonah Williams' podium, uh, just because he's you know quote unquote the higher prospect. And I went over. I was listening to Jonah talk, and you know. Uh, there, there's a certain point in a lot of these conversations where it basically kind of turns into just repetitive nature stuff or mm-hmm. uh, the college sites get in and start talking about the previous college season. And it's not that I don't care about like what Jonah Williams thinks about how they lost the Clemson, but I really don't care at, the, at this point. <laughs> like, unless you're going to talk about like the technical aspects of it, which it's not, it's like, how, how hard was that loss? Okay. Like I, I care for the kid because he, he worked his butt off and deserved to win, but I'm going to take this moment to escape and go back over to Dalton. And I was able to catch like the last five, 10 minutes of Dalton risers conversation with the media. And immediately I just, I was like, I want to see this dude in training camp again. Like I want to talk to this guy again. Uh, 
really hope uh, just, well, I'm not going to say I want the Bucks to draft him solely based off of that. The, he's, he's already a solid prospect. I mean, he was already a, a late day one, early day two guy. He fills a position of need for the Bucks. I mean, it just works. So let's, let's just make it happen. Now, to, to Jonah Williams' credit, uh, Josh Jacobs did. He was asked, you know, about some of his teammates. He did say that Jonah Williams is the funniest guy on the team. So uh, he he apparently just didn't let it fly here. And you kind of con- commented on that that you know it might be locker room humor versus media humor that he's good at. So that might be why. And that's fair. Um, I'm, I'm not putting uh, Dalton Reisner on my big board above Jonah Williams just because I really like the dude. But I mean, if there was a prospect that we had, we could invite to a beer. Uh, he would be the guy invited out for a beer. So that oh, was absolutely. that was great. And then shaking Steve Atwater's hand. I mean, I know he's not a book, <laughs> oh, yeah, but he's Steve Atwater. So shaking Steve Atwater's hand today. Um, pretty pretty sure we're best friends now. Uh, pretty sure that's a thing. So that was probably my one of my second. I mean, just there's so many moments. How how can you really rank them all? But uh, yeah, it was it was a good day. Yeah, I mean that's fine. You and Steve Atwater are best friends. John Gruden and I are now best friends, especially after we <laughs> shared the University of Dayton moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was a I was a big fan of of Reisner as well, and and um, yeah, I was I was over listening to him next to Scott Reynolds, and Scott asked him if he had spoken with the Buccaneers, and uh, he had, he said that he did. He met with a lot of the people, and and he sat down with Bruce Arians, and they were going over film together, and uh, you know, kind of pointing out great things that he did, and and things that he did wrong, and really breaking some plays down. So, you know. I some of the running backs had mentioned that they had they had met with the Buccaneers and you know they're going to meet with fifteen to twenty of these guys, but I can't remember off the top of my head the running back that said that he had met with the uh, the Buccaneers. It was Singletary. Singletary had said that he had met with the Buccaneers running back coach. Okay, mm-hmm. you know that's kind of a an informal thing. You know, sit down, talk to the position coach. Whereas Reisner sat down with the head coach. You know, that kind of shows the yeah. difference in the level of interest that a team may have. Um, but yeah, outside of outside of him, you know, another guy that stood out to me was was Miles Gaskin. Like that that guy. He's so unbelievably mature and level-headed and just laser-focused on the reason he is in Indianapolis right now, and that is to join an NFL team and succeed. Like, every every answer he gave to me was the you know, the definition of professionalism. He, he already has that maturity about him. And I walked away from his podium thinking this is one of my favorite people in the draft. Now, just based on, you know, outside of the film, you know, just based Mm. on the way he conducts himself makes you want to root for him so much. So yeah, he left a very lasting impression on me. I'd love to see him in Tampa. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, I think he'll be drafted too high for where they may take a running back. But, you know, Gaskin's a guy that I'll, I'll keep an eye on, you know, for throughout his career, just because he had such a great impact and such a great presence when he was there addressing the media. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, Josh, I mean, Josh Jacobs was, was a solid interview. Um, he did get a little bit of repetitive. You could tell some of his answers were kind of canned and that's okay. Um, something he was, he was sure to mention, um, anybody watching the combine is going to, is going to hear the news or has, has already heard the news that he's not doing any of the drills. He did tweak his, uh, uh something in his groin. So he's kind of he's kind of erring on the side of caution and letting that heal fully, uh, not risking aggravation here at the combine, so that he can perform in his pro day. So he will work out in his pro day, at least that's the plan. But he won't be working out here at the combine. And then 
Uh, Elijah Holyfield. Let me tell you something. Um, he was cool. He was cool, but the amount of times that that guy got asked about his dad, uh, and he never seemed. Annoyed. I mean, he he kept saying he doesn't get annoyed by it, but I kept waiting. I was like the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, the tenth mm-hmm. time. I mean, towards the end of his time in the media, there was even a reporter who came up, and he wasn't there for the rest of it. So you know, not throwing shade on him specifically, but he even said he's like. Elijah, I'm sure that you've been asked this more times than you care, probably getting sick of it, but growing up with your dad, and the dude didn't bad. He was like, no, I don't mind. I have no problem. And he mentioned that he takes it as a sign of respect towards his dad. So that's, that's a good way of looking at it. But you could kind of, you know, you can kind of see people's face sometimes when they're actually getting annoyed, but they don't want to say they're getting annoyed because of the circumstances. Sure. Uh, but he definitely takes it all in stride. So uh, good to see that he could kind of keep that level head. He did say, however, uh, that he has not met with the Bucks. Um, he did say later on that he's met with so many teams he can't really remember them all. So take I guess take that with a grain of salt on whether or not he's actually met with the Bucks. But he said in the moment when I asked him if he met with the Bucks that he hadn't and he didn't have anything scheduled. But then later on he said that he's met with so many teams he can't remember them all. So you know take that for what it's worth. But I know he's kind of become a fan favorite in a kind of in a small circle. I know our, our good friend JC uh, Cornell of the Draft Network is real high on him. I actually messaged him right after. Because I figured he'd want to know as, as soon as as soon as we found out, uh, <laughs> yeah. That the as of now, right? We, we still have a, a long time before April, our right. pro draft at the end of April. But as of right now, uh, you know, he hasn't he hasn't met with the Bucks, but there's still plenty of time. Yeah, well, and that was something I I didn't even bother asking uh, Miles Gaskin if he had met with the Bucks because you know somebody said, "Have you met with the the?" I think it was the Chiefs, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I met with them. And then somebody else said, how about the Jets and Giants? And he's like, yeah, I, I met with them. How about the Texans? Uh, not yet. That'll be tonight. And and somebody else said, I think it was the Eagles. He's like, no, that's later tonight. And it got to the point where you could see that he was getting kind of annoyed. Yeah. That people were just throwing yeah. all these teams out. And finally he goes, he goes, I'm meeting with pretty much everyone. If I haven't met with them yet, <laughs> it's probably going to be tonight. So he, he wanted right. to get rid of those questions and get back to some of the other ones. Um, yeah. which, which is fine. And then, you know, I was bouncing all over the place. I, I know you kind of stayed, you know, stayed in, in one spot for, for yeah. more time, but I was, I was bouncing around a lot and, and there were a lot of other people that were doing the same, you know, Scott Reynolds and I bumped into each other at a couple different podiums where we both started at Juwan Taylor. And then I went over to, to price. I don't know where, where Scott went and I hit a few more offensive linemen. And then we both met again at, at Reisner's podium. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have all these guys that are bouncing around. And so these, these kids are getting the same questions because these reporters yeah. weren't at the podium when they answered it the first time. In fact, that happened in, uh, at the Arians press conference yesterday or, yeah. or, um, Wednesday, you know, I, I had asked him about Deshaun Jackson and then about 10 minutes later, somebody else came up and asked him about Deshaun Jackson and he, he, you know, didn't give the same answer. It was a, yeah, I talked to him and went great. You know, it wasn't as involved. So, you know, I, I think how these, how these kids are handling some of this shows the level of maturity and how they can kind of take these kind of things. Because once you're in an NFL locker room, you know, there's going to be times, you know, look at look at the Steelers last year. And of course, the, they're kind of imploding at this point. But how many times were those players asked about Lev Bell? Have you talked to Le'Veon Bell? Oh, Do you right. think Le'Veon Bell is going to come back? You're going to get the same questions over and over and over and over. So, I mean, what better and way? And then they're going to gonna get asked it? if they're sick of asking, getting asked questions about Le'Veon Bell. Right, right. So, uh, you know what I'm going right. to do tomorrow? What's that? So... At one point with Jonah Williams, I, I actually went to the back of the crowd where Greg Allman was standing, and I looked at him and I said, 
Uh, I was like, you know, I really want to know if he's talked to the Bucks, but I, I feel so bad for this guy right now. I don't want to be the next guy to say, have you talked to my team? You know, uh, and he was, he kind of, he kind of laughed and was like, yeah, here you go, and, and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I was just like, somebody should just say, what teams have you talked to? And let's just let the kid rattle off the teams he can think of. These are the teams I met with. These are the teams I'm going to meet with. And let's move on to his play and his preparation and so on and so forth. So tomorrow, I think I'm going to try to be that guy. I'm going to I'm going to get in as quick as I can and say, you know, prospect A, who have you met with and who do you have scheduled meetings with? Go. You know what I mean? Just kind of let them rattle it off, hopefully to save them a little bit of that stress. Because that's what we ended up doing is we ended up catching Jonah Williams uh, later on um, on the side. And we were able to quickly ask him, you know, away from the podium uh, if he if he had yet met with the Bucks. And that's when we found out that he was meeting with them tonight, uh, possibly as we speak. Well, last night, as you're listening to this, but possibly as we're recording this, he's meeting with the Buccaneers. I'll I'll say this before we kick it over to some some audio that we have since we yeah. you know we're running out of time. You you have places to go, people to see. Um, somebody did do that at Devin Singletary's uh, presser. They mm-hmm. said, you know, what teams have you met with so far? And his answer was, I've met with about eight teams. Uh, and that was it. So that's uh, when people started throwing team names out. And, of course, I yeah. asked him about the Buccaneers, and, and he said that he'd met with the running backs coach. So, I mean, it may work. It may not. It, it's kind of a coin flip type situation. But, David, why don't we go ahead and kick it over to some audio? We got a couple of clips that we're going to play. Uh, the first one, you, you said we're going to go chronologically as we did through yep. the day. So my day started off. We we watched Gruden's presser, and then everyone was surrounding Sean McVay, and poor Gruden was sitting over uh, at the Sirius XM booth, and there was nobody else there. So I took that opportunity to go over and wait for him to come down so I could talk to him real fast. And yeah, he gave me a few minutes, and then I look over, and there's Chris Sims all by himself. So I was like, okay. I need to talk to Chris Sims. You've been a quarterback in this league. You understand what it takes to get there. And we've seen Jameis struggle quite a bit. What can Bruce Arians bring to Jameis Winston to help them get over the hump and possibly compete in the postseason? Yeah, I think the great thing about Bruce Arians is he's, um, you know, I don't, you know, quarterback whisper, whatever it may be. He's, whether it's Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Carson Palmer, a few other quarterbacks, he just always makes the quarterbacks feel like he's in the fight with them, right? Like almost mm-hmm. like he's playing vicariously through them. Sure. And I think that gives a quarterback confidence right off the bat to know that your coach has your back. And uh, Bruce is the type of guy when he makes a dumb call, he'll say, man, that was dumb by me. I shouldn't have done that. But he also makes quarterbacks, you know, not overthink situations. He demands that they be aggressive and throw the ball down the field. Uh, And of course, he's going to be bringing a creative style of offense. And I just think a general, you know, aura of confidence about Bruce Arians and what he does at the quarterback position is all going to help Jameis Winston. Of course, Jameis isn't perfect. You know, he's he looks like he is maturing on and off the field, which is a good thing. Um, he does have some of those head-scratching plays from time to time. But, man, he, he has moments where I go, wow, this guy can be one of the best quarterbacks in football if he can put it all together. And I'm sure that's what Bruce Arians saw. And uh, I, I do. I think this is kind of the perfect match. I, I think this is the kind of personality that can really get through to a Jameis Winston and maybe take, you know, his game to the next level or the next step or however you want to paraphrase it. All right. Again, thank you to to Chris Sims for a, a few minutes of his time. He was a busy guy. He's sitting at the uh, the Pro Football Talk booth with Mike Florio. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing that that we've been saying. We've heard other people say that 
you know, Bruce Arians has had success working with these quarterbacks and he approaches each one of them differently, whether it's Roethlisberger or Manning or Luck or Carson Palmer. You know, he he revitalized Palmer's career. He got Manning to get out of his own head and 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 stop you know, worrying so much. So he has this way of working with quarterbacks. There's a reason people call him the quarterback whisperer. And that dynamic having, you know, like like Sim said, you know, the quarterback in, in Jameis now has that confidence that his head coach has his back. From the moment he signed the papers and stepped in front of the media, he has done nothing but talk about Jameis is our guy. This is Jameis's team. I am behind Jameis Winston. So that alone is going to help Jameis with that confidence boost. He's not looking over his shoulder at a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is somebody going to take my job? No, it's his team. So that's only going to help the dynamic between the two of them. It's only going to help Winston progress that much faster, and it, it should make people excited. Oh, definitely. And it, and it kind of took me back in what Chris talked about. Uh, it took me back to BA's book. And and there's, there's a specific part of his book that I, I when I read it, I thought to myself that I really hope that Bruce does this drill with Jameis Winston. And if you've read the book, you'll follow me. If not, uh, you're going to listen anyway and then read the book. Trust me. It's, it's a good oh, read yeah. either way. Um, but there's a drill and I can't remember the quarterback, but it wasn't one of the well-knowns. It wasn't a Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck. It was somebody else, but I had an issue with, with deep pass accuracy. So what he did is he put of his coordinators out on the field in different positions on the field, deep, obviously, uh, and then he took defensive players and lined them up on what would be a line of scrimmage, made his quarterback go into a drop. And then the defensive players rushed straight towards the quarterback. And at you know the last second, whatever, Bruce would point to one of his coordinators on the field. That coordinator would raise his hand, and the quarterback would have to fire the ball to that target. And they did it over and over and over and over and over again until the quarterback figured out how, in the face of pressure, to get the ball out and get the ball out with accuracy. And I think that's something that could help Jameis Winston because, and you and I have, have kind of had this conversation when I see Jameis, especially on some of these deep throws that he miss that he misses, I kind of look at it like he, he's not so much anticipating a throw as he is aiming a throw. And he, he looks at a route Deshaun Jackson, let's just say for example, is running and he sees Deshaun coming open and he says, all right, I want to hit Deshaun on this deep route. He's open. I need to throw it to this spot. And he's just too much in his own head instead of saying, Deshaun's open, hit him and throw. And I think that if BA can get him, and it's similar to what he did with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was just too much in his own head his rookie season. So if BA can get Jameis to kind of get out of his own way in some of those situations, then I think that uh, they'll be able to put something together that's really special. Well, and, and speaking of Deshaun Jackson, we were fortunate enough to speak to Ian Rappaport about that very player, as well as Gerald McCoy in kind of their standing with, with the Bucks after we saw Jason Light be uh, pretty noncommittal on Wednesday regarding the two. So, Ian, uh, given your history and your experience with uh, you know dealings with players and teams, how do you see the, the situations between both Deshaun Jackson and Gerald McCoy and the Buccaneers playing out? Uh, you know, it seems like McCoy is basically settled. Um, sounds like he's he's coming back and uh, probably should. And, you know, the value means a lot for a defensive tackle, but he faces the franchise, brings so much. Like, I, I certainly understand why they're bringing him back. Deshaun, interesting to see what happens from, like, a business sense. You're good. You're good. Because that's really more what it is. Like, is he going to end up playing for $10 million? You know, is he – I mean, he definitely has value. You definitely like a home run hitter. 
in that office. And if there's anyone who can convince him that it would be beneficial to him, it would be Bruce Arians. But there are some issues where you have to figure some stuff out business-wise before you know whether or not he's coming back. And Bruce said that they had spoken. Um, do you have any information about how that meeting went specifically? It sounded like it went well. Um, it sounded like it was a lot of BA explaining, like, you're not allowed to like really go into great football details just because of the NFL rules, but sort of explaining how it would help Deshaun to be there. You know, his gripe was always sort of the lack of cohesion or whatever you want to say to Jameis. Maybe BA can help fix that. Yeah, so it, it sounds like uh, Ian Rappaport believes that, that Gerald McCoy will, in fact, return. But as for Deshaun, he he kind of said the same thing that we've been saying. It's it's kind of up to Deshaun. You know, Bruce felt that the, the conversation went well, but, you know, there's, there's nothing concrete there quite yet. It's really going to, you know, hang on what what Deshaun wants to do is is he going to buy into what Bruce was selling him or is the rift between he and Jameis just too too big at this point to to be able to fix and and move on together yeah it was it was really interesting to hear and again uh and I said on the last episode nothing definitive right like like you you know Ian Rapport's not saying that they that Gerald McCoy is coming back what he said you know it sounds like he's settled and it sounds like the team wants to bring him back and it makes sense to bring him back but nowhere in that conversation was, yeah, they. I've been told that Jerome McCoy is coming back, and right. Jason Light didn't commit, and you know what I mean. So it's still, again, we're kind of it's it's good to know, like we're getting multiple sources who believe Gerald McCoy will be back, so I can kind of give you a better sense that it's most likely that he is coming back. Um, with Deshaun, it's just it's kind of more of the same, except to me, it's it's a little bit of a new wrinkle because if if you listen to what Rapport said, he said there's a business side to this. And then he, he actually said and he actually asked the question himself in the conversation, is he gonna is he going to get ten million dollars? You know what I mean? So is that something is is are there and then you know Ian Ian tweeted out uh yesterday about Deshaun having a new agent. I mean, there may be some business negotiations going on beside, behind the scenes that we're not all privy to and aware of, uh, where the Buccaneers may possibly be asking him to take a pay cut. Jason Light has said he doesn't like asking players to take pay cuts. But just like I wrote on Bucks Nation on this very post about what Rappaport said, we've all done things we didn't like to do in the name of overall good business. And so just because Jason doesn't like to ask players to take pay cuts doesn't mean he won't ask players to take pay cuts. Um, not saying that that's what happened, but it's just kind of an interesting line in there uh, for me and about the business side of things. And then the cohesion, I think we all knew about that. I think that's really what the bulk of this conversation is probably about is you know, can Deshaun and James get on the same page? And from Deshaun's standpoint, I mean, the dude is getting old. Um, he doesn't have a lot of time left. Does he really want to come back and try to give it one more year uh, to get on the same page with James Winston? Because if it doesn't work, that's one more year that he's close to retirement and one more year that he loses towards trying to get a championship or whatever he's trying to accomplish in his career. So um, it, it kind of makes sense from both sides. But again, at the end of the day, um, it's great to hear from Ian, but I don't know if it really moves the needle uh, anywhere as far as where we're at with with uh, the Buccaneers and these two uh, star-crossed players. All right. Well, David, that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. Like I said, I know you got to get going. You have you have places to go, people to see, food to eat, beers to drink. Um but, you know, David and I will be back in Indianapolis. Well, David's still in Indianapolis. I'm at home right now. 
Um, but we'll both be in Indianapolis again tomorrow. So there will be plenty more content to come on Bucks Nation. And of course, we'll have the recap uh, on the podcast. And I believe, David, we have a special guest on tomorrow's podcast. Do we not? We do. Yep. Paige is, uh, is going to join us live from Indianapolis. Yep. Live and in person. It'll be the first time you and I have done a podcast in person together. Yeah, it, it will be actually. It'll be the first time we do a podcast in person and it'll be the first time we have a guest in person all at the same time. A lot of first happened in this week. It's exciting. Yeah. So for, uh, you know, for, for all of our combine coverage, please make sure you're checking out everything that we're putting up over at bucksnation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at locked on bucks at Jarco underscore bucks at DH 82 underscore bucks and at bucks underscore nation. Again, David is, is tweeting out a lot of stuff on the locked on bucks account from the combine. I'm tweeting out stuff on the bucks nation account, not a whole lot on our personal feeds. Uh, the majority of the information is going to be on those two accounts. So please make sure that you are following those. And that's that's pretty much it, David. So for David Harrison, I'm James Yarko. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. Yeah.